This is West Virginia Morning. I'm Teresa Wills. Four in ten registered voters in America say they don't have a close friend who supports the opposing political party or candidate. They would argue loud and vociferously all the way into the deep morning hours. And the next day they would get up and they would go to work and they'd be the best of friends because that's what they were. They were friends. That story and more coming up this West Virginia Morning. Support for West Virginia Morning is proudly provided by Luke Frazier. The Israel-Palestine conflict in the Middle East has the attention of many West Virginians who have religious, familial, or ethnic ties to the region. Brianna Heaney has the story. 1,200 Israelis have died, and Palestinian authorities say at least 1,055 Palestinians have died in the recent escalation of the ongoing conflict. Spiritual leader of the B'nai Jacob Synagogue in Charleston, Rabbi Victor Yurecki, held a service for reflection and memorial. He says he's been talking to his family members in Israel, including one family member who is a part of the Israeli military and others who live in Jerusalem. Many of us are shell-shocked. We're traumatized. We have many that have friends and family who live there. We have some who are Israeli, who are in our community, and they were there in one of our services of reflection and memorial, and, and just having a hard time processing all that's going on. Hirecki says that there is a feeling of helplessness he and others feel living so far from the conflict. Dr. Shadi Abu Halima is a heart surgeon here in West Virginia. His family is from Palestine, but he says they moved many times from Palestine, moving away from Israel expansion. Now, his family lives in Jordan and the U.S. Abu Halima says that he is heartbroken for the loss of lives and frustrated that it has come to this point. He says there are many trigger points that the international community has ignored and that the Palestinian people have been living under oppression. Unfortunately, war is war. Casualty happens uh, for, for soldiers or for militia people understand that's what they sign up for. But mm. when it comes to civilians, it's sad. It just, it's, it just crushed my heart. And it's just completely unacceptable. But the problem is, the problem we're having now is people always look at the situations happening now. They didn't look at what caused all this. He says lasting peace involves Palestinians being treated humanely and with dignity. For West Virginia Public Broadcasting, I'm Brianna Heaney in Charleston. A coal company owned by Governor Jim Justice moved a helicopter despite a court order. A creditor claims Curtis Tate has more. A helicopter owned by Bluestone Resources has been moved from Virginia to North Carolina, a company that's seeking the helicopter to settle a debt set in a court filing Tuesday. Caroling Investments, based in the British Virgin Islands, said Bluestone Resources owes it $13 million and accused it of moving the helicopter last week from Roanoke, Virginia to Burlington, North Carolina to avoid paying. Caroling said it tracked the helicopter's movement using the website flightaware.com. In a filing Friday in the U.S. District Court for the Western District of Virginia, Bluestone sought a stay of an order for U.S. Marshals to seize the 2009 Bell helicopter. Caroling's attorneys challenged Bluestone's assertion that other creditors would be paid first. Bluestone could not intervene on its creditors' behalf in the event they had an interest in the helicopter, they said. For West Virginia Public Broadcasting, I'm Curtis Tate in Charleston. Lawmakers will join transportation officials and others Friday on the West Virginia Turnpike to celebrate the completion of the Charles Chuck Yeager Bridge. Caroline McGregor has the story. 
The completion of the freshly painted blue and gold Charles Chuck Yeager Bridge commemorates the 76th anniversary of Yeager's historic flight on October 14, 1947. Born in Hamlin, West Virginia, Brigadier General Charles Elwood Yeager served in the United States Air Force and became the first pilot in history to break the sound barrier. Governor Jim Justice will join Transportation Secretary Jimmy Wriston, West Virginia Parkways Authority Executive Director Jeff Miller, and Victoria Yeager, wife of the late Brigadier General Chuck Yeager, for the event. The ceremony will include a flyover by a P-51 Mustang fighter aircraft, the same model flown by Yeager during World War II. The event is on Friday, October 13th at 12.30 p.m. at the West Virginia State Police Troop 7 Charleston South Detachment. For West Virginia Public Broadcasting, I'm Caroline McGregor. The Electronic Registration Information Center, or ERIC, is a bipartisan multi-state partnership aimed at helping states maintain accurate voter rolls. This past March, Secretary of State Mac Warner withdrew West Virginia from ERIC, citing partisan influences. Last month, Warner announced West Virginia was making new data-sharing state partnerships to prevent election fraud. Randy Yowie spoke with Secretary Warner and Eric past chair and current board member Megan Wolf about the best ways to keep the state's and the nation's voter rolls clean. Warner says more than half of any voter duplications happen in neighboring states. So he has West Virginia joining in data sharing agreements with Ohio and Virginia along with Florida. He says the goal is a 50 state membership. Uh, but we'll get to the uh, broader uh, states, or, you know, a larger number of states over time. Uh, but you can see, you know, we started, we've got Virginia and Ohio, and we'll be working with Pennsylvania, Kentucky, Maryland, uh, as, as time permits. But uh, it, it, again, this is the very beginning. We're in the first year of this. West Virginia border states Pennsylvania, Kentucky, and Maryland are three of the 24 states that currently belong to ERIC. Wisconsin Election Commissioner, former ERIC Chair and current board member Megan Wolf says the consortium offers highly secure, bipartisan state voter rolls data sharing that produces election safeguarding results. There have been more than a million voter records that have either been updated, so updated with a new address, or deactivated where they're no longer on the Wisconsin rolls because of information that we received from ERIC. ERIC is also the only tool that allows us to see if somebody has committed some type of voter fraud and voted in two different states. Warner says he withdrew West Virginia from ERIC first because the system was stagnating. It was stuck. It was at 30, 31 states, and there were a number of states, including a big one like California, that I think were prohibited by their state law from entering into uh, the ERIC-type uh, program. So uh, there's nothing that prevents any of the states from getting into memorandums of agreement with individual states. Wolf says ERIC is not stagnant, but a dynamic data-sharing system. It's not a one-time thing. You can't just get one ERIC report. It's something where you need to be constantly getting that data and incorporating it into your uh, process, into your statewide voter registration database. With a handful of Republican states, including West Virginia, pulling out of the consortium in 2023, ERIC has become a national political football. Warner says the other reason he quit ERIC was suspected partisanship from ex-officio, non-voting, advisory ERIC board members. 
And when they didn't remove themselves or the board didn't address that issue, then it showed the partisanship nature of the entire thing and just led to, if not the reality, at least the perception of uh, partisanship. Wolf says Warner's assertion of Eric partisanship is part of a misinformation and rumor mill. Is not uh, truthful information about what Eric is. And so I really think that some of the controversy is the result of information that's just not accurate. On concerns from other states, uh, the Eric membership uh, all agreed to amend our membership uh, process, and we no longer have any of those advisory seats. The voting states are made up of both Republicans and Democrats from across the country. Wolf says creating a new state-to-state voter data sharing system will not be a simple task. A lot of it is outlined in our, our state laws in terms of how that has to happen, and we wouldn't be able to do something like that outside of our, our statutory allowance. Warner says a 50-state solution is needed to address the real problems that will increase confidence in West Virginia's elections. Several of the states that recently left Eric have state leaders that aspire to higher office, including gubernatorial candidate Mac Warner, who says that is not the reason. The state issue, uh, not a political uh, aspiration issue. For West Virginia Public Broadcasting, I'm Randy Yowie in Charleston. This is West Virginia Morning. I'm Teresa Wills. It's 7.53. Becoming mostly sunny today. Highs in the 70s. Partly cloudy overnight. Lows in the 40s and 50s. And partly sunny tomorrow with highs in the 70s and low 80s. Support for WVPB is provided by the Wheeling Symphony Orchestra, presenting Violins of Hope, telling stories of hope, survival, and perseverance, Thursday, October 19th at 7.30 p.m. Tickets at wheelingsymphony.com. Lots of people in the U.S. live in a bubble. The friends and family in their echo chamber think and believe just like they do. About four in 10 registered voters in America say they don't have a close friend who supports the opposing political party or candidate. On the latest Us and Them podcast, host Trey K. learns how two childhood friends keep their relationship going across the divide. Brian Griffin and Lynn Angel talk regularly and say they learn a lot from their exchanges. Here's an excerpt of Us and Them episode to friend or unfriend. That's the question. I was born and raised by an East Coast liberal. And we were very, very much considered the lefties, the the progressives. And yet, my father was one of the crowd. There was room for debate, for discussion, for healthy discussions amongst people who were friends, who would go to cocktail parties together, and they would argue loud and and vociferously all the way into the deep morning hours, and the next day they would get up and they would go to work and they'd be the best of friends because that's what they were. They were friends. About 3,500 people live in Gallipolis, Ohio. People here vote Republican. Three years ago, 77% of the voters in Gallia County, that's where Gallipolis is, cast a ballot for Donald Trump. Back in 2016, 75% of the people here voted for Trump. 
helping lift him to the White House. On election night 2016, Brian lost a lot of sleep. Okay, I'm one of those people that stays awake all night on election night. There is a crack in the blue wall. Today we're going to win the great state of Michigan, and we are going to win back the White House. What's going on in Michigan? Is Hillary Clinton going to be able to pull it out? It sounds like it's really tight. So I knew when the Michigan firewall fell that it was over. And that our president was Donald Trump. And there was never a more transformational moment in my entire life because not only was it that my candidate was not going to win, but the most unexpected thing that every wonk was talking about didn't happen. Trump won. It unnerved Brian. That was completely disorienting. However, Brian didn't yell or scream. He didn't unfriend his conservative friends in Gallipolis. Instead, he listened. I've had friends that I've had all my life. We grew up together. The views that they have are the views they formed while we were all growing up and forming our views. I know where they're coming from. They're from a place where things haven't been going well for a long time. We were left out. We did get a rust belt wrapped around us. During our lifetime, we watched small affluent towns all around us, including ours, go from vibrant communities that had their own businesses and their own restaurants and their own social fabric and their own you know, faith community, go to bombed out wastelands. Okay, I'm Lynn Angel, born and raised in Gaia County, Ohio. Southeastern Ohio, Appalachia. I'm a girl that's going to call a road a road, not a street. Lynn is one of Brian's closest friends. She still lives in Gallipolis. It's about 150 miles from Brian's home in Cincinnati. These days, they mostly connect on FaceTime or over the phone. I met up with Lynn in downtown Gallipolis. We are very, very conservative. Every office holder in the county courthouse is a Republican. We are Mayberry, except we're not quite as idyllic. We we have our drug problems. We have our theft problems. Back when tobacco existed, we had a much more vibrant farming community. Now that that's gone, there's a lot of us finding our way into something else to make our farms profitable. We're not we're not the people that have the 500-acre soybean fields up north. We're the people that have the 30-acre field and the smaller tractors. We're just, it's, it's just Appalachia. You can hear more about Brian and Lynn's friendship on the new Us and Them podcast episode, To Friend or Unfriend? That's the question. You can download the entire show from Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, NPR One, or Spotify. You can also listen online at wvpublic.org. Us and Them is supported by the West Virginia Humanities Council and the CRC Foundation. 
West Virginia Morning is a production of West Virginia Public Broadcasting, which is solely responsible for its content. You can keep up with the latest West Virginia news throughout the day on our website, wvpublic.org.